could be voodoo Every time I walk outside, I step in some doo Like I remember the time, it was a Friday night I was going to a party, I was dressed out of sight Me and the posse was walking down the street Singing our record with new kicks on our feet And one of my friends yelled out Yo, don't walk by the gate, yo, fat Oh, man, too late Down at my feet, my kicks was all surrounded My sticks turned brown and doo was around it My friends was gigging and laughing at things Listening to the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show on CITR FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time now for the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. And we have a caller on the line. Hello, caller. Are you there? Yes, hello, Nardwar. I'm here. Who are you? My name is Benjamin Martin Shapiro. Now, Ben Shapiro, you're giving your middle name because you're confused with other Ben Shapiros. Please explain. There's a conservative columnist named Ben Shapiro out there um, who I've had problems with because I get, I'm an editor and I get pitches for him and they're generally complaining about the state of the economy or angry about pornography um, and I have to reject all those pitches. And I don't really think that the Internet is really big enough for the both of us. So if Ben Shapiro is listening out there, um, I challenge you, and I'd like you to change your name, please. Thank you. So you had a bit of an illusion there. Editor, what are you an editor of, and what are you bringing to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada next week? Well, I'll tell you about it. Um, I'm the editor of Noisy.com, which is Vice's music channel. Um, but I'm also a film programmer and a filmmaker. And I put together... Uh, I'm, I, well, I should also note, note here that, I'm, that Nirvana is my favorite band. So um, on the 21st anniversary of the release of Nevermind, which was last year in September, I made a short film about Nirvana. Um, it's about 60 minutes long, and I screened it in New York at a movie theater that I program at regularly called Spectacle Theater. And some friends of mine in Vancouver who run a magazine called Beat Root Magazine, they heard about it and they were interested in it. So they're taking me out to Vancouver next Friday. Um, on April 5th, which is the um, anniversary of Kurt Cobain's death. And I'm going to screen the film at, uh, where is it? Um, I'm so sorry. It's the Biltmore, I think, in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, right? The Biltmore? Yes, yes. Um, And uh, it's going to be happening, there's going to be the film screening, um, and there will also be uh, performances from a bunch of bands, um, No Sinner, Bestie, The Bell Game, Humans, War Baby, um, Zachary Gray from the Zolas and a DJ named Justin Graydon 
and the Grunge City All-Stars. So it's going to be a whole night devoted to Nirvana, um, and it's going to be really fun. It starts at 5.30, and there's bands at 8. Now, what about Nirvana? Like, this year, university students were born in 1994. Like, this year's crop of university students were born in 1994. Kurt is, you know, already dead. Do they think he's just some dirty, smelly guy with zits and scabs? What's their perception? The new generation. I have no idea. What is their perception? The 1994 generation. Well, let me tell you. I'm sitting next to someone who... Sasha, what year were you born in? Sasha, what year were you born in? I have someone next to me who was born in 1992, and I can get her uh, perception of Nirvana with that help. Well, I was wondering about 1994, actually. Okay, well then, yeah. Actually, are you, Ben, very Um, good? Are you very good at handing... You are the classic editor, aren't you? Yeah, I like to find other people to do the work. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. (laughs) Uh, You're also a fish hater, though. You found nobody to do the work to get you to hate fish, though. Right? No, I mean, I, I'm actually, well, what happened there was I actually am, uh, I was a, uh, you know, interested in fish when I was younger. I went to go see them a few times, um, but I was never a really big fan. But as I got older, I really started to dislike them. So I wrote this funny post, and I didn't even really think about it. I mean, part of my job is writing really stupid things on the Internet all the time, every day. Um, but that one really got picked up because fish fans are really, really nasty, or a lot of them are. And they, they were very homophobic and very angry with me, and it was, it was kind of a shocking thing. Um, but, uh, regardless, what do I, I, I liked your first question about, um, what do people born in 1994 think about Nirvana? I actually think in a lot of ways, um, when I was growing up, um, which was, you know, during, while Nirvana was still around, uh, I never really liked them when I was younger. Uh, I think that now that there's a little bit of distance, um, that there, that there's a lot that they can offer to people, uh, in terms of being a band and just, you know, writing fantastic songs and being honest. I think that's the main thing is just that there's a level of honesty in uh, Kurt Cobain's vocals and in his lyrics and in the band's performances that really doesn't uh, exist very often. And before you came on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, I was playing some tunes. I began with the Dream Team, the LA Dream Team, Dream Team with the Dream Team is here, and then the Party Posse was stepping on Doo-Doo, both two tunes to warm you up for Benjamin Shapiro, who's bringing his movie, I Hate Myself and I Want to Die, to the Biltmore next Friday night of screening of this movie with some rare tidbits involved, and Tribute bands are going to be doing their tribute thing to Nirvana as well next Friday to Biltmore in Vancouver. But I played that as well as a warm-up because after I speak to you, I'm going to be speaking to Snoop Dogg. I'm going to be playing all my Snoop Dogg interviews, or as many as I can. I've done six since the year 2000 on an Ardwarta Human Serviette radio show. And you, Vicers, Noisiers, you're probably good as anybody to give new intros to Snoop and Snoop Lion. Could you explain about the Snoop Lioning that will be coming up in the Nardwater Human Serviette radio show? And I mention this because I interviewed Snoop in a trailer that was filled with Colt 45s, and I think it was stalked by Vice, wasn't it? Could you explain about the trailer and Snoop Lion and the Colt 45s? Yeah, so we're very, very good friends with Snoop, um, and we've done lots and lots of things with him. For example, during his recent transformation to from Snoop Dogg to Snoop Lion, we traveled with him to Jamaica, um, where my friend Andy shot a short documentary. Um, and basically, uh, sorry, give me one second. Basically, um, we just documented his whole transformation um, from a dog to a lion, uh, and it's a fascinating story. I'm really, really impressed with him as a person. And I really love the interview that you did with him, Nardwar. It's a really terrific interview. Well, I'm so glad you enjoyed it, but where was it done? It was done in a trailer 
at the Vice Studios. Well, or the Vice Performance Vice Studios. Yeah, the Vice Land. Vice Land, yes. We we did 10 days of, of shows at South by Southwest this year, and it was unbelievable. I mean, the amount of work was just insane. Um, and we were just trying to find some space for you to interview him, and we figured the trailer was as good as any, because wherever that guy is, he really just kind of, you know, kind of commands the space. And I think that you're pretty much the same way. Would you agree? Well, I think it was really interesting that Snoop Dogg was totally up for moving into the trailer because he was leaving, and as he was leaving, I kind of went, hey, Snoop, can I do an interview with you? And he's like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, well, can we do it, like, in the trailer? Do we have to do it outside? And, like, he slowly walked back into the trailer. Like, he actually was up for getting back into the trailer. And I keep mentioning this over and over again. The trailer was filled with lots of good treats, like Colt 45s, and I guess I was just thinking maybe Vice decorated that, or that was Snoop Lion's rider. I was wondering how those Colt 45s got in there. Well, I mean, Colt 45, is, is, if I remember correctly, is um, a, a major sponsor of South by Southwest, and we just had tons of it lying around all over the place. Um, so we really just wanted to make sure that he had, you know, uh, all the bandages that he would need and really anything that he could possibly want. Also a quiet space um, to smoke pot in. So for your movie that is coming to Vancouver next Friday, Benjamin Shapiro, your movie, I Hate Myself and I Want to Die, has there been another movie called I Hate Myself and I Want to Die before? I don't think so, but if there has been, you would probably know. Has there been? I don't know. I just was curious. As a, there no, been... I don't think so. I mean, it was something that Kurt was kind of found himself scrawling in his journals and notebooks um, over and over and over again. He would write that line down, um, and that was kind of where it came to him. For the particular movie you're going to be screening next Friday night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, we're speaking to Benjamin Shapiro from Noisy and Vice, who's bringing his movie to Vancouver next Friday night at the Biltmore. And a bunch of tribute bands are going to be playing, well, local Vancouver bands paying tribute to Nirvana. In your actual movie, are there any tidbits from, like, the Aberdeen janitor days of Kurt Cobain? Did you go to Aberdeen and go looking there? Did you find any little tidbits about Kurt Cobain's janitor days? Sadly, no. I'm aware of his janitor days, and I know that him and Chris Novoselic had spoken about opening up a janitor service to fund their band at the beginning stages of Nirvana, um, but I wasn't able to go to Aberdeen, and in reality, the, um, the, the, the documentary is generally sourced from lost, forgotten, or out-of-print uh, videos of Nirvana, stuff that was traded on the internet, or just sort of like people's fan tribute videos from back in the day, and also um, pirated interviews um, from... Uh, European television and American television, um, but there's also you might be interested in this Nardwar. There's also um, an, a, re- a really interesting um, cut in it from a short film that Kurt made with Chris Novoselic in 1984, a short film that they made themselves um, called Horror Movies, which uh, is made on a, on a on a very low quality video camera, um, but has really rarely been seen. It's a really really fascinating video, and I'm really excited to share it with everyone. What are some of the other lost interviews or fan tributes that are in there? Did you mention there's something about Radio Shack in there? Yes. Um, well, in uh, I believe it was 1988, Nirvana wanted to see what they looked like while they were performing. So they had a friend who worked in Radio Shack, um, and he had access to all these cameras, and they basically set up a camera um, in the corner of Radio Shack, and they performed after hours in the store. Um, and to make special effects, they were blowing cigarette smoke in front of the camera um, as kind of like a smoky effect. And it's just them performing in the middle of a radio shack at like 11 p.m. at night. And it's really, really amazing. You can see some really, really raw and old footage from from them. Um, It's really terrific. Isn't there also some footage of them at a studio, performing at a studio, or is that the same thing? Um, I'm not sure uh, which one you're speaking of, but uh, this one's certainly in a radio shack. And there's also a very interesting interview 
with their friend uh, who, who worked at the radio shop. What about particularly the actual little tidbits that you've assembled for this, Ben? Like, there was that Nirvana home video. What's the difference between this and a Nirvana home video? How much wasn't on the Nirvana home video that came out? That's a good question. Well, basically what we did was we took footage from all these different sources. So there certainly is footage from those Nirvana home videos and from Live Tonight Sold Out and also even from uh, the Sonic Youth movie, um, 1994, the year punk broke, because Nirvana is uh, featured very heavily in that one. Um, but we also found videos that were taped from television um, that didn't end up on those. A lot of it, of the, the the documentary is basically charting their kind of rise to fame um, and then the aftermath. Um, and we told it through um, clips from uh, true crime uh, television shows to kind of chart the end of Nirvana and, and, you know, the conspiracy theories surrounding Kurt's death. Um, and on the way up, you know, clips from interviews with, like, yeah, like I said, German television. Um, we have some of their home movies that they have, um, that they film themselves. I mean, the real difference is that, it's, in my opinion, one of the most comprehensive collections of rarely seen and lost Nirvana footage. That's really the key to it. Um, and it's, it's a really intimate look into, uh, into what was going on with these guys. And, you know, really... And, the thing that really shines through to me that I learned about it and I, it was that when I got interested in Nirvana again, which was maybe like 10 years ago. So when did you um, first get interested in Nirvana? Did you first get interested in Nirvana after you discovered punk or did Nirvana help you discover punk? No, when I was interested in punk, I did not like Nirvana because I thought that they were, you know, like any other band that was uh, basically a kind of fake alternative mainstream band. I, I didn't really think of them as a punk rock band when I first got into them. Uh, and then when I first heard them, because I just sort of figured that they were like anything else that was on the radio at the time, which I was really not interested in listening to at all. You know, I was interested in punk rock that was, you know, would never be played on the radio, and in fact, the people making it wouldn't want it played on the radio. So in some ways, Nirvana felt like a betrayal for a long time. Um, but it's only with a little bit of hindsight and retrospect that I'm realizing now that they came from, you know, they, 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 there's no reason why they were chosen besides the quality of their songs. You know, they, they it, it seems almost random that they were kind of vaulted to this level of stardom. How about, how about Kurt Cobain himself, though? Like, the level of stardom, him never being comfortable yeah. with it, apparently. What about now in heaven? Like, who is Kurt refusing to jam with in rock and roll heaven right now? <laughs> well, let me say this. I mean, I'm sure that he is refusing to jam with... Well, I don't know. That's a good question. But, I mean, the thing is, it's interesting. I don't mean to sidestep your question. But I will say this. Kurt Cobain was always interested in being famous. And if you read some of the books about him, like... Um, Heavier Than Heaven, uh, or Michael Azarad's great book, Come As You Are, you really kind of see that he, he was, even though he was uncomfortable with stardom, he was saying from a very young age that he wanted to be famous. Um, and he actually was quoted by one of his friends at 15 years old saying that his dream in life was to become a famous rock star and then kill himself. So in heaven right now, he's having no problem getting down with the classic rockers. I doubt it. I mean, like, I, I would imagine... Hmm. I, 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 I could see him... Actually, no, I bet he's really lazy in heaven. I, I, I would imagine him not playing guitar in heaven. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like he, he, he realized what he needed to do. But, I mean, yeah, sure. I'm sure he can get along well up there. Now, Kurt it's Cobain... Also, it's, it's also very presumptive. Do you think he's in heaven? Well, I guess I was curious what he was thinking about Dennis Rodman. Well, that's, uh, you know... Look, Dennis Rodman's still alive, so I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that they're having much conversation down there, but... Uh, I mean, know, like, what would, uh, what would Kurt think about a guy who helped 
Dennis Rodman go to Korea making a movie about him? Would he be happy about that? Um, I doubt it, but, you know, if you want to get into a conversation about how uh, that Dennis Rodman thing came about, we can do that, but it seems a little off topic, you know? I mean, like, we, the, we've traveled with Dennis. I, I, I mean, I didn't work on this, obviously. I'm just a music editor. I'm not going to North Korea with Dennis Rodman, but we just traveled with him because it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a bizarre story. Um, I think that we just wanted to see what was going on. We, we were shocked that he was interested in going and that, you know, Kim Jong-un was a, was a fan. It seemed like, a, like a, a story that we wanted to tell. Yeah, it was totally incredible. I just thought it was amazing that you guys did that. Have you been debriefed from authorities? What happened afterwards? No, you know, I'm, I'm really honestly not so sure. Like, I, 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 it's a very big company. You know, we're, we're right now in Brooklyn uh, in our neighborhood with the largest non-industrial employer. We've got about 180 people working here, and everyone's working on different projects. And to be completely frank, I wasn't very much involved in that one. So there's 180 people now at Vice Noisy? Well, the, uh, advice in, in New York City, yes. Um, we also have offices in 34 other countries. That's incredible. For some reason, I just imagine after Gavin McInnes left, it was just like a couple guys. I didn't realize it was so many. Yeah, no, we've really been growing, like, you know, in leaps and bounds in the last couple of years. It's been really amazing to work here during that expansion. A- any little tidbits? I don't want you to give away the entire story, but any little quick tidbits about the Rodman incident? Uh, like I said... I'm really the wrong person to talk to because I wasn't there and I haven't. I didn't work on it in any capacity. All I know is that we were getting photographs of them out there and that it seemed like they were having the most bizarre um, time. And, you know, the thing about Vice in North Korea is that we've been very critical of, of North Korea in the past and we will continue to be as they do things that kind of threaten the stability of the world and sort of, um, you know, kind of destabilize geopolitics. I, I'm, I'm certainly in no way uh, a supporter of... Um, the kind of political techniques that North Korea has done. And we documented this in uh, the Vice Guide to North Korea, where Shane Smith, one of our founders, traveled to North Korea um, illegally and kind of in- investigated the, uh, <clears throat> the the real workings and what it feels like to be on the ground there. Um, and I was frankly surprised that they let us back in at all because we were so critical of them in that piece and in other subsequent editorial pieces. And you are Benjamin Shapiro, who is coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, next Friday to the Biltmore to do a Q&A, a movie thing. Please explain again, Ben. Yes, um, to, on this Friday at the Biltmore, April 5th, which is the, uh, the anniversary of Kurt Cobain's death, um, I'm screening a film that I made called I Hate Myself and I Want to Die, which is an hour-long uh, short documentary um, telling the story of the rise and fall of Nirvana through lost and forgotten video clips. And I'm really excited to come to Vancouver. I've never been here before. Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Home yeah, of really... the Biltmore. But New York, home right now of Benjamin Shapiro, bath salts, orgies, murder, and antivirus software. Any update on that particularly fascinating story? The bath salts, orgies, murder, and antivirus software. It's the John McAfee story, the bath salts, Belize murder, fugitive story. Yeah, um, well, that was my friend Rocco Castoro, who's the editor-in-chief of Vice magazine. Um, He went up there and... uh, Yeah, could you uh, explain to the people that maybe aren't aware of what I'm asking about? Uh, well, John McAfee uh, is a very wealthy man. He made a lot of money on virus soft- antivirus software. Um, and um, basically, he is a very, very eccentric guy and even potentially uh, violent and dangerous. And he kind of asked us to come along with him and document his, his, him as he moved from Belize to Guatemala, um, potentially to escape some legal action that was being taken against him 
for the potential murder of one of his neighbors. Um, and, you know, basically Rocco, my, my good friend at Vice, traveled with a, with a, with a cameraman and, uh, you know, traveled with Don McCaffey and, you know, um, just kind of interviewed him throughout the way and watched uh, this, this bizarre uh, story unfold. Nothing really has been heard since. What's happened since? Just was curious. Like, it seems to have disappeared, the story. What's going on right now with it? Well, once again, like I said, you know, I, I work at Noisy, which is the music site, and I'm not a, 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 a vice uh, international journalist. So I, I don't have uh, all the answers that I think that you're asking for. And I wish I did, because it is fascinating. Um, so you're not, but, the one, uh, you're not the one responsible for hiring Mishwe and Kitty Pride then? Well, I am the one. That, I mean, that's kind of more my, my line of work. Yes, uh, I, I work with uh, Mish and Kitty. I mostly, I mostly focus on on music stuff. You know, that's that's kind of been what I've what I was hired to do here, and that's what I'm really enjoying doing. Well, that's so cool. They got Mishwe and Kitty Pride happening with the noisy there, Ben. I mentioned that just because Kitty Pride was in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And since she was here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, she becomes a Canadian. And, of course, Mishwe from the Great White Lung is from Canada, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So we have to thank you for having those two on Noisy Vice. And people should be excited to be able to see what you're created, your creation, not the stuff I'm asking about that you don't know about, but the stuff you know about next Friday at the Biltmore. All these neat little tidbits that are out there. Any last little tidbit you want to tell the people that they might be able to see Next Friday night in Vancouver, some stuff they maybe not haven't seen before. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the main thing that, that I found really incredible was watching Kurt Cobain's short film that he himself made because I didn't, I wasn't aware that he had made films, and that one was really fantastic. Um, also, there's one thing that I was really kind of surprised by as I was doing this research and getting these videos was um, finding out how funny they all are and finding out how little, how how. Um, how uh, non-seriously, they took their fame as they were becoming more and more famous. There's tons of really incredible performances on British television and on French television where they're completely uh, just making a joke out of the whole thing. And it was amazing that, I mean, that they were able to get away with that. It seems like they really just never compromised anything they wanted to do and yet were able to, you know, rise to stardom. So, I mean, I guess some of the the stuff that, that I was really happy to see was, for example, a performance on... French television where they were forced to lip sync their performances and just don't even try, don't even make any effort to look like they are um, performing at all. And it's, it's, it's really funny. I'm, I'm, I found myself extremely into it. And also another tidbit that I think that people would be excited to see, and this is something that I really love, is we have some screen tests of um, promotional material shot with Nirvana and Charles Barkley, the American basketball player for Saturday Night Live. Um, where they're kind of in the studio at Saturday Night Live and, and uh, they're doing throws uh, for, the, for the upcoming you know, uh, episode and they just look so uncomfortable. Watching um, Nirvana next to this you know, giant uh, basketball player, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an odd pairing that, I, again, I hadn't seen before. That one I think you should definitely keep your eyes open for. Did you dare approach Chris Novoselic or Dave Grohl at all and mention that you were doing this? I didn't, and I'll tell you why. This movie... Nirvana's legacy is very tightly controlled by um, different record labels and Universal Music Group and also Courtney Love and now Francis Dean Cobain. And I'm not entirely certain that they would have approved of us using their footage, you know, even though we've never charged anyone to see this stuff. Um, I don't know. Like, 
it's just all like found footage and you know if we had first them i don't know maybe they would like it but i just kind of didn't you know i, I didn't really want to risk it and in some ways it's like it's mostly for the fans it's a it's a it's a kind of a made by fans and uh made from fan materials mostly um and i just kind of wanted to keep it on the grassroots level who controls nirvana then who controls you mentioned who are the people that control nirvana right now well, if I remember correctly, right now Francis Bean uh, Cobain uh, is the one who really uh, has most of the control over their recordings. Um, I think that that ended up being taken away from Courtney Love um, last year. Uh, so I believe it is Courtney. Yeah, that, that's uh, Francis Bean right now. But I think that Universal Music Group also um, owns a pretty sizable chunk of other elements, like for example their likeness. I think um, in you know different video or uh, you know video releases and live footage and things like this. Who owns Vice? Is Vice owned by Universal? Are there any connections to Vice and Universal? No, none whatsoever. Vice is a privately owned company. Well, thanks so much for phoning in to the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, Ben Shapiro, to help get the word out on your documentary, I Hate Myself, I... Want to die. I want to die. Next Friday night, you're bringing it to Vancouver. Thanks to Beetroot. Props to Beetroot for bringing you out here to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And a whole bunch of bands are going to be playing tribute to Nirvana at the Biltmore next Friday night. For more information, where can people go right now to find out about this? Um, they can go to Beetroot's website, which has information about it on there. Well, thanks much, Ben. Keep on rocking in the free world. And right now, I'm going to play a whole bunch of interviews that I've done with Snoop Dogg, including the one that you saw. I'm going to play the, the full version. And I guess you know all about edits and stuff, having putting together this actual compilation. I'm going to play the full version, the full raw, unedited versions of all my interviews with Snoop, as many as I can jam in right now on the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show. Anything you want to add about the new Snoop Lion, about Snoop Lion? Anything you want to add about Snoop Lion, what people can expect about Snoop Lion? Well, I do know that he's going to be putting out a new record very soon, which um, I'm really, really excited to listen to, and maybe even some videos to go along with it. Um, I really have enjoyed his tr recent transformation, and you know, like in some, you know, we keep performed advice. Um, that was why you got to interview him there, um, and his live show is really fantastic. I was kind of surprised by it, actually. <clears throat> his live show goes a bit longer now, doesn't it? Because the songs are a bit longer. Yeah, I love that. Well. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Ben? No, I'm just really excited to come. I mean, I, I assume much of your listeners are in Vancouver, British Columbia, and I'm just really excited to get out there and see what's going on in that town because I've heard it's really beautiful. And also, I'd like to add that it's just so great to talk to you, Nardwar. I've been a fan for so long, and, you know, I'm really happy that, uh, that, that you thought of me to talk to me about this stuff. I really appreciate the support. Oh, well, well, thank you very much for the support, and feel free to phone into the Nardwar Human Serviette Radio Show anytime, Ben Shapiro. And keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do. Do do. All right, see ya. Bye bye. And yes, you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show.